Today on the Matt Wall Show, Beyonce just released a new album, and as always, the media tells us that it is a work of staggering artistic genius. And that's all anyone is allowed to say about Beyonce, of course. In reality, though, she's a mediocre pop star. But what, what does it say about our culture that these are the artists we elevate and the art that we hail as especially significant and beautiful? We'll talk about that, plus five headlines, including Riots continuing in Portland, even though we were assured that riots would end as soon as the feds left, yet they didn't. So what's up with that? In our daily cancellation, I am forced to cancel Tommy Lahren. Um, she has left me no choice. I must do it. And that's all coming up on the show today. But first, the show today is brought to you by Rad Power Bikes. Listen, it's summertime. We all want to get out of the house. There's no better, no more fun way to do it than with an electric bike. You take my word for it. Actually, don't take my word for it. Try it for yourself. That's even better. Whether you want a new way to commute or uh, to get around the city, you want to get out in nature, even with your kids in tow, whatever your purposes are, whatever you're getting out, um, you've got to try Rad Power Bikes. It's a cross between a traditional bike and a moped, but it doesn't require a special driver's license like a moped would. You can go up to 20 miles per hour without pedaling. So you get out, get about, you can get wherever you want to go without getting all sweaty. And uh, they're great for commuting. They're great for going out on the trail, for hauling groceries. Uh, as I said, transporting kids on the back, you can do that too. Unlike other e-bikes, they're actually affordable. Plus, to show appreciation for those that serve us, Rad Power Bikes is offering $100 off all e-bike purchases for active slash ex-military, first responders, teachers, and students. The thing I love about Rad Power Bikes the most is that it's practical and also fun. That's the best of both worlds because as an adult especially, like to have fun, but there needs to be an element of uh, practicality to it as well. And you can get that with Rad Power Bikes. Now, uh, listen to this part. Rad Power Bikes offers flexible financing for as low as 0% APR. And right now, as a limited time offer, you can get a free accessory with the purchase of a bike. That's right. Get a free gift of up to $100 off and free shipping to the lower 48 states. You can get all of that uh, special offer, but you got to text the word bike to 64,000. That's bike to 64,000, text BIKE, B-I-K-E, to 64,000. Okay, now, if you happen to hear collective shouts of near orgasmic adulation and delight echoing from sea to shining sea last Friday, it was because Beyonce released a new album, and the screams were coming from music critics and others in media who want us to know that Black is King, the new album, is quite possibly the greatest artistic achievement of all time, equaled only by Beyonce's other albums, together comprising a catalog of music so breathtaking and awe-inspiring that Beethoven, if he wasn't deaf and also dead, would be plunged into despair upon realizing that he could never hope to produce anything as heart-wrenchingly beautiful as what Beyonce can make. Um, this, this latest offering from Beyonce released as a visual album on Disney+, Plus, their streaming service, uh, as a companion piece to last year's rather abysmal Lion King remake, and also as a traditional album on iTunes, is, according to NPR, a, quote, sumptuous search for divine identity that, quote, resonates deeply. Critics of the New York Times were beside themselves with joy, using words like overwhelming and extravaganza, and comparing, I'm not making this up, comparing Beyonce to, quote, the rising sun. The AV Club exclaimed that the pop album inspired by Disney cartoon is an unfettered celebration. Mashable said that Beyonce is, quote, the only artist to exist at her level. She is, in their words, quote, magical. Phrases like 
a tribute to her artistry and supreme black art have been wielded by these gobsmacked critics. Everyone seems to agree that Black is King is a masterpiece. Coincidentally, we were also told that her last album was a masterpiece. And the one before that. And the one before that. And all the rest of them, all the way back to her first album in 2003, which was also a masterpiece. The only possible exception was her uh, fifth album, her eponymous fifth album, which was merely, according to one critic, close to a masterpiece. Well, I guess even the queen has her off days, I suppose. The only thing more effusive than the praise that Beyonce receives for her music is the praise she receives for simply existing. An article in W Magazine written to defend her against charges that she doesn't write her own music insists that the pop star is, quote, an exceptional human being at everything she tries. And by the way, the defense is that she doesn't write her own music, but she is involved. Okay, and truly it takes an exceptional woman to be involved in the song that she is singing. Another article calls Beyonce an irreplaceable force for inspiring change. Elsewhere, she's called, quote, the greatest artist of the decade. And from a more timeless perspective, she has also been routinely called a goddess. The point is clear. Um, Beyonce is an extraordinary artist, an extraordinary woman, an extraordinary human. And everything she does is equally as extraordinary. This is, this is American society's official Beyonce position, and dissent will not be tolerated. Those few who do dare to commit the unspeakable sin of failing to squeal with delight every time Beyonce does or says anything at all are, we are told, racist. Uh, fellow singer Lana Del Rey was, was uh, forced to defend herself against racism charges after offering mild criticism of Beyonce a little while ago on Instagram because according to the worshipful masses, you could not possibly have any reason to dislike any aspect of Beyonce or her music unless you simply hate all black people in general. And, 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 uh, and that is the only explanation, we are told. Or maybe not. Let me offer another potential reason to be slightly less enthused about Beyonce than the reverent critics already mentioned are. She's not that great. She is not a staggering genius, no matter how often we are instructed to view her that way. Uh, for better or worse, her music is rather run-of-the-mill pop fare. It isn't particularly innovative. It certainly isn't insightful. One of the most popular songs on her latest album, um, a jaw-dropping track and the best on the album, according to Billboard, is called Mood Forever, the number four, Eva, Mood Forever. And the lyrics are about what you'd expect from a song that uses a number in place of a word. Here, here's, here's Beyonce's opening verse. I'll just give you the I'm not going to sing it. Here are the lyrics. I know my enemies prey on me, so pray for me. Tick, tick, wait on it. I'm keeping down my body count. I'm finessing like a trap bounce, a trap bounce. Because every day above ground is a blessing. I done leveled up now, view panoramic. None of my fears can't go where I'm headed. Had to cut them loose. Now I'm loose. Break the levee. Yeah, I'm about to flood on them. Flood on a sinner. The rain and thunder gone fall. Go Mutumbo, no, no center. You can't dim my light. That song has 14 credited writers. Now, admittedly, it's practically Virgil in comparison to some of her past lyrics. Uh, bow down, bitches, bow, bow down, bitches, bow, bow down, bitches, bow down, bitches, from the song Bow Down comes to mind. But it's, a, it's, a, it's very hard to see how this rises to the level of masterpiece. You could argue that her music, especially on this most recent album, is judged as much by the accompanying visuals as by the songs themselves. Fine. But the visuals are fairly standard for modern music videos. There's nothing very special about it. She's a good dancer, certainly, but 
even as a dancer, she isn't doing anything that other young pop divas can't do. Michael Jackson was a genius dancer because he redefined the art form and moved in ways that seemed almost physically impossible. He reinvented dancing. Beyonce is not doing that. She isn't doing anything remarkable. She delivers a product that is visually and audibly a perfectly acceptable entry into an already existent genre. Her dancing and singing are pretty good. Her lyrics and the messages they contain generally straddle the line between vapid and repugnant. In other words, she makes pop music. Nothing less, certainly nothing more. Now, I wish I could say that this attempt to turn the single ladies singer into Pop's version of Michelangelo was merely dumb and annoying. It is both of those things, of course, but it's also more toxic than that. You, you can judge a culture in many ways by its most celebrated art. And the people within a culture will judge themselves in many ways through the same lens. Our art is the story that we tell about ourselves, to ourselves. It's how we grapple with the problem of existence. It's how we search for deeper truths. There's a reason why art and religion have been inextricably tied since the dawn of civilization. Speaking of Michelangelo, the people of the 16th century in Italy, they could step into the Sistine Chapel, look up in wonder, and feel themselves and their spirits drawn into a beauty that was and still is truly transcendent. This is quite different from the experience modern Americans have when they listen to Beyonce sing, Can You Eat My Skittles, It's the Sweetest in the Middle, from the song Blow in 2013. Beyonce's music, like most pop music, is diverting and catchy at its very best. At its worst, it's so ugly and stupid as to induce despair. The point is not that our culture has no great art. That's not my point. Musicians of the last several decades have given us many authentic masterpieces, and geniuses and other mediums like film and television have produced art that will stand the test of time for sure. But the art we choose to elevate the highest and praise the loudest is the art that will influence us, and especially our children, the most, and define us, define our era. So I suppose it's appropriate that Beyonce claims that honor as the defining artist, because ours is an era that is loud and extravagant, but empty at its core, and not as impressive as it appears on the surface, like Beyonce. So if Beyonce is our queen, our empress, then someone has to say, the empress has no clothes. Literally, much of the time. Let's get to our five headlines. So we move on to our headlines here. Um, I want to tell you about our friends over at Bambi. You know, when running a business, HR issues can really kill you. Uh, it's, it's one of the things that every business owner, I hear this from business owners all the time. This is one of the things, especially nowadays, um, it's going to cause a lot of problems for your wrongful termination suits, minimum wage requirements, labor regulations, just a lot of, a lot of red tape. You don't know exactly, a lot, a lot of things you have to navigate. Um, and HR manager salaries are not cheap either, an average of $70,000 a year. Bambi, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E, -E, was created specifically for small businesses. You can get a dedicated HR manager, uh, craft HR policy, maintain your compliance, navigate all the red tape, do everything you need to do, all for just $99 a month. So compare $99 a month to $70,000 a year, all right? 
Your dedicated HR manager is available by phone, email, re real-time chat, whatever it is. I mean, this is your dedicated person, HR manager. From onboarding to terminations, they customize your policies to fit your business, and they help you manage uh, your employees' day-to-day, -day, all for just $99 a month. Month-to-month, -month, no hidden fees. Cancel anytime. Uh, there's, there's just no reason I can see if you're a small business to not uh, look into this. Go to Bambi.com slash Walsh right now to schedule your free HR audit. That's Bambi.com slash Walsh, spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot -E com slash Walsh. All right, remember uh, when we were told that the rioting in Portland was all in response to the presence of federal agents, even though it started before the federal agents got there? Uh, it was still because of them somehow. It was their fault. And that as soon as they left, the rioting would go away. That's what we were told. Of course, um, you know, there are many problems with that logic from the beginning. You would have to have the IQ of a, of a spatula to, to have believed it to begin with. But um, if you do have the IQ of a, of a kitchen utensil and you actually believed that the rioting would stop because law enforcement left, then this footage will be very shocking to you. Watch. What you can see there, that's, that's rioters in Portland after feds had already left trying to burn down a police precinct. So, I, I, not very peaceful. Not very peaceful. Um, that's not, not exactly joining hands around a campfire singing Kumbaya. Now, there was a fire, but uh, it wasn't a campfire. So, uh, no, I, I, I think it, it, it turns out that when you have a lawless mob of criminals and you do less to enforce the law, you end up with more crime. Crazy. Crazy how that works. Really shocking. Number two, we begin, um, or not begin, we, we, we go now to a, a news story. This is a news story that doesn't really exist, I guess. The news here is that there is not any news. Um, and I think in this case, the fact that there is no news is news indeed. I'm starting to confuse myself now. Here's what I'm talking about. You may remember the story from about six weeks ago. A woman by the name of Althea Bernstein in Madison, Wisconsin, called the police late at night claiming that she had just been attacked by a gang of racist white men. And she said that this roving gang of white supremacists, they were all wearing Hawaiian sh shirts. They were like frat boys, she said. They came to her at a, at a stoplight. They sprayed her in the face with lighter fluid. And then they threw a lighter into her car and set her on fire. Her face was actually on fire, is what she said. Now, this was huge news when it happened. It was reported everywhere. I heard it all over the place. Meghan Markle even reached out to Bernstein to express her uh, condolences. It was a, 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 a pretty big deal. And sure, I mean, if something like that happens, of course it's a big deal. You got a group of murderous bigots patrolling the streets of an American city, literally trying to burn women alive in the middle of the street? That, that's a big deal. But then, and this brings us to our update today, um, then there was nothing. That was six weeks ago. And it was a big story for a few days, and then it just disappeared. Madison police said they were investigating the attack, then the feds got involved, and um, you know th th this is all good because it, it happened at, a, at an intersection in a major city, so there has to be cameras all over the place and witnesses. Surely these flame-throwing racists are on tape. Someone else must have seen them also. I mean, it should be pretty easy to track them down. 
Yet six weeks later, we've heard nothing about this case. Nothing. Not a word. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it really makes you think. In fact, I went to Google and I searched for Althea, Bern- Althea Bernstein. I searched her name. Story, news stories from the last week. Zero. Zero reporting. Not one story on the entire internet was published in the last week about this case. Isn't that pretty st- strange? I mean, it's almost like this story vanished into thin air. And so did the white boys with the lighter fluid and the lighter that somehow could stay lit when they threw it. Now, let's just imagine. Crazy thought. Crazy thought. But let's uh, just thought experiment. Let's imagine that possibly the white boys vanished into thin air because, and nobody ever noticed them except for her, uh, and they weren't recorded by any camera as far as we know. Let's imagine, again, hypothetically, that all of that is the case because they don't exist. Pretty easy to vanish when you never existed to begin with. So let's say wild theory, none of this ever happened. It's yet another hate crime hoax. On that theory, the cops would, would of course, know that it's BS, and they would know right away. I mean, they would know probably from the moment they hear it, but all they'd have to do is look at the surrounding video footage, talk to some people that were in the area, and they would know right away. This just this simply didn't happen. Um, and yet, I mean, again, on this theory, they're just not saying anything about it. Hoping we all forget. And the sad thing is, that plan seems to actually be working just fine. But it's scary to think that we've arrived at this point where a person can invent a hate crime, file a false police report, and just get away with it. No penalty whatsoever because the police are too afraid to tell the public that it was all a load of horse manure. That's a scary thought. Number three, um, you know, I have to throw this in here. Credit where it's due. Uh, I, uh, I am capable of... of you know, of giving credit sometimes. I mean, I, I you know that I've, I, I criticize Trump sometimes, and I especially criticize his tweeting. Uh, but sometimes I have to admit even that he puts out one hell of a great tweet. And this is one of those times. So like I said, credit where it's, I just want to show you this tweet because I thought it was so good. And I, I really just, I wanted to give all the credit to Donald Trump on this one. Um, here's the tweet from me. He says, uh, look at this. Here's the, here's the quote. He says, um, Cities across the nation that are run by Democrats are in shambles. Matt Walsh. Yeah, he seems to be quoting someone there. Someone, someone who was on Tucker last night. He was watching Tucker and he was quoting. Uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure who that guy is really, but brilliant point. Uh, that man, whoever that is, I think we can all agree, has the powers of insight that would rival Aristotle. Uh, so a great job by Trump putting that, that quote out there. That's all I want. I, really, like, like I said, this is really about giving Donald Trump credit for a great tweet. Number four, it was just announced that uh, the live adaptation of Mulan will go straight to Disney's streaming service. And uh, right when you're done, after you're done watching Black is King, you can go and watch Mulan, except it's going to cost you $30. It's going to come out in a, in a few weeks. $30 plus the subscription. You pay for the subscription to Disney Plus, and they're going to charge you an extra 30 bucks to see this. And this is all I'm going to say. If you pay... to watch a lifeless, pointless, rehashed remake of a Disney cartoon that you've already seen, I don't think it's too much to suggest that you should lose your citizenship rights. And I don't even say that ironically. I, I would with all sincerity 
support a policy that stripped you of your constitutional rights, all of them, for paying $30 to watch the Mulan remake. Number five, um, just a policy proposal I'm throwing out there if, any, if anyone wants to run with it. Number five, finally, Oprah Winfrey, who we should note is worth $2 billion, spoke out this week against the scourge of white privilege. Um, Oprah, with her $2 billion, is very concerned that white people in trailer parks wearing goodwill hand-me-downs might be a little bit too privileged. And here's part of her discussion uh, on that subject. There are white people who are not as powerful as the system of white people, the caste system that's been put in place, but they still, no matter where they are on the rung or the ladder of success, they still have their whiteness. I just love how she's having this discussion about white privilege while sitting in a room that looks like that room from the last Matrix film. She, she's literally controlling the whole Matrix from that room and yet complaining about other people having privilege. This, this is weapons-grade irony right here. I, I, I really, what I really like to imagine is her shouting something like, White people are too privileged. And then walking directly into her 98-room mansion, tossing her $40,000 coat made of the skins of albino seals at her butler, you know, petting her Siberian tiger, and then just heading to her gold-encrusted bathtub filled with champagne and caviar and jumping in. Um, that's how I imagine that Oprah Winfrey must live. But yeah, you know, uh, really, really Rick and Maureen down the street driving their minivan to Home Depot on a Saturday, stopping at Ruby Tuesdays for their uh, early afternoon special on the way back. Those are the people that are privileged, not Oprah Winfrey. Those people, sure. Yeah, we make a joke out of it, but this, it's because it is a joke. You see the farce that this, that this white privilege concept uh, has become, that now even the richest woman in America, uh, one of the richest in the world, is complaining about other people having privilege. It's just fantastic. Okay, speaking of uh, fantastic, now we're going to go to our daily cancellation. Um, and for our daily cancellation today, I'm afraid that I, I have to cancel Tommy Laren. Now, I used to work with Tommy, full disclosure. We were both over at the Blaze for a while. Uh, I mean, we were, different, we were in different states, so it's not like we, we collaborated closely together. But I went on our show a few times, and it was great. Um, and so this, this cancellation is nothing personal, but it must be done. Because nobody escapes the wrathful gaze of the daily cancellation. You know that by now. Even my wife and kids don't. Nobody, no mortal, even immortals, okay? They aren't necessarily off the hook either. So Tommy is canceled for a, a lengthy PSA that she, she published yesterday, a 14-minute video criticizing men, talking about why men are terrible and why her own relationship problems are the fault of men. And men are, as she said, trash. Uh, take a listen. These women range in every body type and every everything. They're all successful. They're all intelligent. They're all good people. But if all of these women, including myself, are having issues, then I have to think it might not be us. It might be you. It might be men. 
It might be men. Now, I've often talked about the pussification of America and how men are no longer men. I talk to my mom about this a lot, and she says, well, maybe it's just the guys in Texas. Maybe it's just the guys in Los Angeles. It is not just the guys in Los Angeles, Nashville, Dallas, and it's not they're not any better in the Midwest. They, Quite frankly, I think they're trash all over this country in the age range of about 20 to, I think, about 55, maybe even 60. A lot of men are trash. A lot of men don't know how to treat women. A lot of men don't know how to really, quite frankly, pull their heads out of the sand and pay attention. So I am going to help you. Tommy also said, reading now from Amanda Prestigiacomo's Daily Wire article about it, she also said, I'm not a feminist, so please don't take this as a feminist rant. Laren interjected after imploring men to follow up with plans instead of merely texting women. I love men. I think men are great. I think men have failed themselves and they failed us. And I'm trying to help you out because I love men. I think they're great. They're just failures. That's all. I, they're great, but they're failures. That's all I'm trying to tell you. They're great failures. They're great at failing. Anyway, um, she says, and I'm just trying to help you out because I think there are a lot of really great guys out there who need a little help. And I don't think there are a lot of women uh, that are stepping up and saying these things. This isn't patronizing at all, is it? I think you're fantastic. I just think you need a little help. That's all. You need help from me, a 27-year-old blonde woman. So, uh, uh, continuing, she says, so I'm going to go ahead and say them because they need to be said. I am really so sick of my friends having to deal with trash men. I'm tired of dealing with trash men. The pundit also told men to value value and not, quote, mix in people like me and my friends who have something going on with your other girls that have nothing going on. Don't mix us in with the Tatianas. Is that a, is that a, what is that? T-H-O-T-I-N-A-S. Is that a thing the kids are saying now? I don't know what that means. Don't mix us in with the thought, Thotianas. Anyway, um, and then she goes on from there. Okay. Now, it goes without saying that if a man were to ever make a video claiming that most women between the ages of 20 and 60 are trash, it would be roundly condemned as insanely sexist, and he would be written off as a bitter, lonely, virginal incel. That, that's what would happen. We all know that. Um, women have a, a better chance of getting away with something like this. Now, at least the consequences aren't as severe. Tommy is sustaining quite a bit of criticism for this, and rightly so. But it's not the same as it would be if her name was, you know, Thomas. Or her name was spelled T-O-O-M-M-Y instead of with an I. Uh, it'd be a totally different ballgame. We all know that. Now, yes, it's true that men have issues in this culture. It's true that, that, that men, many men are not living up to their calling as men, are not fulfilling their masculine duties. It's true that, that some men are soft and pathetic and rather wimpy. It's true that some men would rather lay around the house all day playing video games than actually go out and live a real active, assertive life. All of that is true. And you could argue that all Tommy was doing was pointing these things out, but there are two problems. Number one, first problem is this. We get it. Okay? We really do. We all know this stuff about men. We've heard it a million times. Men are lectured constantly everywhere by everyone always. Men are lectured at in school, at work, in, in their homes, on TV, at church. You'll notice, speaking of church, um, and I, I'm, I'm certainly not the first person to have noticed this, that Mother's Day sermons at church are usually about how wonderful and amazing and un, uh, underappreciated mothers are. 
while Father's Day sermons at churches are often focused on how men need to step up and do a better job. Okay, And that's the dynamic in the culture that we get. So we get it. We've heard it. That doesn't mean we never need to hear it again or that it never needs to be said again, but it does mean that if all you have to offer is the same old tired lecture with not any, without any you know, additional insight, um, with, with, with nothing unique to, to add into it, then, then just don't bother. Save your breath. Save your energy. Because once again, we've heard it. We know we get it. I promise you. Number two, women are not innocent in this. They aren't, they aren't even more innocent than men. It, it's more than just, oh, women have faults too. No, it's women are just as bad. They're just as guilty. They're just as culpable. Okay? You want gender equality, right? Well, here it is. Enjoy. Gender equality means that if there's a problem in, you know, in relations between men and women, you don't get to just assume that it's all a man's fault. Because when you do that, what you're essentially saying is that you know, this is all entirely up to the men, to the man. I mean, he has the lead and, uh, and you know, he's in charge. And so if things go sideways, it's going to be his fault. That's the only way. The only way you could put all the blame on men is by saying that men are totally in charge and should be. And so that whenever th- things don't work out, it's going to be their fault. But something tells me that that's not Tommy's perspective. Um. Something tells me that, that Tommy is not someone who would say that women should always be submitting to the leadership of men. Could be wrong, but I'm guessing that's not her position. And if it's not your position, then you don't get to put all the blame on men, or even most of the blame on men, or even 51% of the blame on men. It is 50-50. Because guess what? I know, you want to talk about anecdotal evidence here, I know plenty of great guys who've had trouble finding um, women. Uh, trouble finding women who are not to use... Tommy's phrase, trash. And do you know why they've had trouble? Well, because in some cases they don't make a lot of money or, you know, they've got, you know, they're employed, they, they, they have good jobs, they just, they don't make tons of money. Or, you know, maybe they don't necessarily look like Calvin Klein models, but they're good men, hardworking men, loyal, intelligent, all of that. Sometimes, I, I know men like this, I think we all do. They've had trouble finding a woman because in their experience, Women will find superficial and materialistic reasons to turn away men who definitely are not in any way trash. So this is a knife that cuts both ways. And and here's the thing. If you're having trouble finding a match for you, and if you find that everyone you come across is trash, and that there's a fatal flaw with every member of the opposite sex that you've ever encountered, then yes, it could be that you have horrible luck. It could be, woe is you, you're a victim. Uh, this is all everybody else's fault and not your own. That's possible. You could keep keep getting stuck with duds through no fault of your own. You could keep reaching your hand into the barrel of apples and taking out a rotten one by accident. Maybe, sure. But it's quite possible, and I would say even likely, and and in fact quite probable, that the problem is at least partially you. It's, it's, It's quite likely that some of those men who you dismissed as trash actually aren't trash but you toss them aside as trash because they failed to meet your expectations in some relatively unimportant area. You might even say you toss them aside as trash for trashy reasons. It's quite possible that many of the, the, of the trash men actually are trash, but there's something about you and your personality 
that attracts those kinds of people. Those are all possibilities too. And so if I was in this spot, and which I'm not, and believe me, here's, here's, the, other, here's the other stipulation I'll make, is that anyone who's single, man or woman, in, in this culture, God be with you. Uh, I, I, I have nothing but sympathy for you. And I thank God every day that I'm not. Okay, I couldn't be happier to be married. So, um, but even so, if, if I was in that spot and I found that, uh, you know, I'm looking for a woman, but every woman I meet is, is horrible and selfish and, and materialistic and a bimbo and all this stuff, then I'm going to start to think to myself, you know, I, 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 I think there's going to be a moment where I, where I really stop and I think, hmm, what am I doing wrong here? Maybe everyone else is doing something wrong. It's possible. But then it's weird because I, I look around and I see that there are plenty of people who manage to find other good people and they have good relationships. That does exist. There are plenty of married people in this country, even young married people who have good marriages. That does exist. It's, it's, not, it's, it's, not a, it's not a myth. It's not an urban legend. It exists. I, I'm telling you. I can tell you from experience it exists. So I think I would look at that and I would say, hmm, okay. So it is possible to find a good person. Plenty of other people have done it. And yet I can't. Why is that? I could be a victim of the universe. Yeah, that's true. The universe is picking on me. I don't know. Maybe, geez, maybe there's something about me that just attracts these types. Am I am I attractive to horrible people, or 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 do I? Am I someone who, who doesn't even can't even identify a good virtuous person because I'm so lacking in virtue myself, and so I have possibly thrown out a lot of virtuous people because I didn't recognize them for the virtues they had. I mean, so these these are all these are these are this is a self analysis that I would undergo, and, and I guess that would be my. Here's my PSA that I'm going to throw out there to not just women, men and women. You know, if you're having problems in this regard, rather than blaming everybody else and giving tips and advice to other people. By the way, I, I always love it when, when people who have not had a successful relationship give relationship advice. Okay, th- that's like if you're... Uh, training someone on a on a how to fly, but every plane that you've ever piloted has crashed. It's like if I'm a rookie pilot looking for some advice, I'm probably not going to go to you. But in any case, um, rather than going and giving advice and all of that and blaming everyone, maybe do a little bit of a self analysis and uh, the speech and lecture you want to give. Maybe go into your bathroom and give that lecture into the mirror, because I think that's probably the number one person that needs to hear it. And uh, for that reason, Tommy Laren is canceled. We'll leave it there. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks for listening. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. 
Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. Joe Biden forgets about his cognitive decline. Billionaire Oprah Winfrey tells poor white people that they have a whole lot of privilege. And Millard Fillmore gets canceled 170 years after the Compromise of 1850. Shocking, shocking stuff. Plus the mailbag. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show.